All right, guys, what's up? It's Isaac Sines here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Excited to be joining you here um, on the call-in app. Excited to talk some football and uh, talk about some of these big matchups. I mean, there, there are a handful that are going to be intriguing to watch, especially as we start um, week 18 of the NFL season coming up tomorrow. We have two games. We have the Chiefs and the Broncos and then the Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, and those two games, you know, are going to carry – minimal significance as for the Chiefs you know they need to win and hope the Titans lose against the Texans on Sunday in order for them to get right back into the number one seed and then for the other um, nightcapper the Eagles and the Cowboys in NFC East rivalry we know they played once already the Cowboys had their way with Philly in Dallas earlier this season now they go to Philadelphia but this is a game that's gonna see a lot of different Um, backups playing, younger players. I know for Dallas alone, they're traveling without their top two corners. Trevon Diggs with the non-COVID illness, that with a hamstring. Cowboys opting to be cautious with him. And then Anthony Brown, Tyron Smith, Micah Parsons, who were all placed on the COVID-19 list earlier this season. Um, They're not going to make the trip either. So it's going to be interesting to see how both of these uh, teams match up. You know, the Eagles already clinched the playoff spot. And so they're essentially not playing for a whole lot. Lane Johnson um, could be uh, ruled out depending on how he's feeling. His knee's been a little sore. And then Miles Sanders has already been ruled out as well. So um, I look forward to see that game. Obviously not too much really at stake for both of those two teams and They're not going to really have much to worry about should the game go downhill. I mean, I'd imagine you're going to want to see some of those starters playing a first half of football, trying to get a nice buffer before the playoffs. Um, And I believe my buddy Jarrell, um, former NFL defensive tackle, is going to be joining the podcast. I see him already. Uh, Invited him to speak. He's on mute, though, so he's got to unmute. Oh, my goodness. My brother, what's up? Yo! I see you, but I don't hear you, and I saw hey, you were muted. The Matrix. Ouch, man. <laughs> Over there, Jarrell can't even figure out technology on that other end, man. Dude, bro, I'm telling you, man, it's been a it's been a struggle. But dude, I'm I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'm so excited to be on this show with you tonight, man. What's up, bro? I know, bro. It's good to have you, Jarrell Isaac combo. It's always good when we're going live together. Um, on this Friday afternoon for the Pro Football Chase podcast. So I appreciate you joining me, bro, on this um, weekend. And I, I was just kind of getting the podcast underway, talking about the two games we got on Saturday, the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Cowboys and Eagles in prime time. So, uh, hey, man, this is a decisive week, especially for the NFC West. You got the Rams and the Cardinals that are still jousting for that top number one uh, seed in their respective division. The Rams just have to win. They have to beat the Niners, which they struggled with immensely the last several meetings to clinch the division. But then if Arizona comes and beats Seattle and then the Rams lose to the Niners, the Cardinals would get that NFC West crown and get a home home playoff game. So, man, that those two teams are obviously playing for a lot. And then, of course, the Sunday night capper with the Raiders and the Chargers. The winner gets that wild card playoff spot. So it, there's there's going to be some some definitely intriguing matchups this weekend, Jarrell. Dude, I'm so excited, man. You know how I get down when it comes to playoff football. 
Um, I really like how the AFC West is starting to change and, and turn out. The NFC West has always been crazy every single year. Uh, to be honest with you, man, I feel like the Cardinals, um, they should be very, they should be uh, grateful that, the, that they had a start the way they did earlier this year um, because they've struggled as of late, man. I know they've had some guys in and out the lineup, uh, but essentially, man, the Cardinals are going to have to get some things turned around if they want to make a push for the Lombardi. Yeah, and you know what, Jarrell, of those Cardinals, I was actually at AT&T Stadium last Sunday. I watched the game. Um, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in that matchup, and it's looking like um, those two, of course, if the Rams can take care of business, which is what I prefaced this statement with, Arizona's going to have that five seed, and they'll play the Cowboys, who are pretty much locked into the four seed. Um, and so that's going to be a rematch, but some significant news earlier today, Jarrell, J.J. Watt designated to return. He suffered those nasty shoulder injuries, I think a torn labrum, oh separated God. shoulder, you know, all the way earlier in the season. And most people said he was done for the season entirely. But of course, J.J. Watt stayed silent, low key rehabbing his way back and then today the Cardinals announced that he has returned to practice which opens his 21 day uh, activation window and there's some uh, rumors out there saying that he's trying to get back for the first round of the playoffs so what a boost he would give to that Arizona defense even if he's not entirely 100% Jarrell you know that guy's a fiery emotional leader on the field and just his presence out there is certainly could impact the game. Absolutely, dog. When you're talking about a guy that's 6'5", 6'6", um, 300 pounds, uh, just a wrecking ball when he comes to pass protection, when it comes to knocking down passes. And realistically for the Cardinals, you want his presence back out there um, because essentially this gives you the isolation that you need um, against those guards, against those tackles uh, for Chandler Jones, for guys like Isaiah Simmons that blitzes a lot and has had a lot of success uh, rushing the passer this year. His presence alone, the type of attention that he's going to garner from uh, opposing offenses, I mean, I'm telling you, if they can get this guy back from the playoffs, uh, it's definitely going to be a plus for their for their defense. Now, Jarrell, we have another intriguing race that's kind of going on in the AFC. I talked about the Raiders and the Chargers, that primetime matchup, which I'm really excited about to watch on Sunday night in Vegas. Obviously, those two teams, 9-7, and seven, trying to get into the playoffs, winning, you're in, losing, you go home. But the Tennessee Titans, they shore up. Um, that number one seed in the first round bye with the win over the 4-12 and Texans. They are playing in Houston on Sunday. And they had another key player return to practice on Wednesday. Derrick Henry, man, the, the NFL's top running back. We know how valuable he is to the Tennessee offense. They're going to get him back after he broke uh, the fifth metatarsal in his foot. He looks like he's ramping up. And if Tennessee can secure that first round by with the win over Houston. That's just going to give him an additional week to get fully healthy, get back on the field. And so that's a player and a team in Tennessee that has dealt with so many COVID issues, so many injuries throughout the year. But you have to give Mike Vrabel a lot of credit and his staff for keeping this team in contention and ultimately able to clinch that top spot in the AFC. I think Jarrell, we lost him for a little bit. 
I think he'll be right back. But I was just talking about how the Tennessee Titans are going to be um, able to really clinch that number one seed if they're able to win in Houston, which most people think they will, Jarrell. But now I see you're back. But Derrick Henry, yes, his, return, his return to Tennessee, man, I'm certainly excited to see him back on the gridiron just in time for the postseason. Absolutely. You're talking about the most dynamic, dominant force. Thanos is back, dude. Basically, Thanos <laughs> is back. And, I mean, he's ready to run the show. I'm so excited to see the Tennessee Titans at full health, full strength. You're talking Julio. Um, I mean, you. if we get an opportunity to see Bud Dupree um, at a high level, and you're talking about the guys that have been able to perform around uh, this team. And realistically, Mike Vrabel is arguably one of the, the – the he's a dark horse as far as coach of the year, in my opinion, because of um, how he continues to get these guys to battle week in and week out. They're never out of any game. And realistically, for me, he should win coach of the year every year on the way he had an opportunity to resurge Ryan Tannehill's uh, career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that, man. I mean, you know those, those regular season awards are going to be um, announced the week before the Super Bowl. And so Mike Vrabel – I think, in my opinion, based on what he's been able to do, all the adversity that has hit his team this season, to keep them on track, keep them focused. Of course, they did get some help from the Bengals win over Kansas City last week, and that's what put Tennessee in the driver's seat to clinch that first-round bye as the number one seed. But nonetheless, you cannot take any anything away from Vrabel and that Tennessee team, what they've been able to accomplish without their best player on the field and Derrick Henry. Now they're going to get him back, so... I'm very excited to see what they can do once they get into the postseason, get that extra week off with the win on Sunday over the Texans. But going back to the NFC, Jarrell, another couple of teams that are jousting for the final wildcard spot in the NFC. You know the Eagles already clinched, but the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints, these are two teams that are trying to get that last spot in the NFC playoffs. You know, for the New Orleans Saints... They need to beat the Falcons and they need that. They need a hope for the Rams to beat the 49ers. And if those two things happen, the Saints would get that seventh spot in the playoffs. But even if New Orleans wins and beats Atlanta, and if the 49ers beat the Rams, then the Niners get into the wild card spot. Um, and so those are two teams. Now, this could happen if the Saints lose to the Falcons. I think the 49ers get into the playoffs regardless of what happens because they will have no other team around them. So the Niners, the story has been this week, Jimmy Garoppolo, it looks like he's been practicing all week. He's listed as questionable. All signs are that he's going to start against the Rams on Sunday. So, Jarrell, when you look at the Niners and then you look at the Saints who have Gone through a whole quarterback carousel all season with Jameis going down for the injury. They had Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill now. They had Ian Book a couple weeks ago because of COVID issues. Um, which team do you think is more dangerous if they're able to sneak into the playoffs? Um, realistically, in my opinion, it would be the San Francisco 49ers, even with Jimmy Garoppolo and his up and down play. Um, we're just talking about a defense and continuity that these guys have. Um, we're talking about Bosa. You're talking about guys that are able to make plays on the outside, Debo Samuel. If they could get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to um, to sustain the game plan, realistically, he doesn't have to be great, but realistically, just to sustain the game plan. 
Get the guys, get the ball to your playmakers. Um, let George Kittle go wild if possible. And and realistically, man, the job of a quarterback is to get your ball, get the ball to the playmakers. So I think if Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to come back, it's going to give the 49ers the, the, the confidence boost that they need. I just don't necessarily have the confidence in the New Orleans Saints to be able to their defense essentially to carry them all the way through to the playoffs and through the playoffs. Um, their defense has been riding on a high. They've been keeping these guys in games all season long. But eventually, man, when we get down to the playoffs and when it comes possession by possession, if their offense continues to be stagnant, I don't think that, that their defense is going to be able to create the turnovers over the course of the long run in order for this team to be successful. I will say that the Saints defense is really impressive when they're when they're at their full strength. I mean, they have a couple of impact playmakers, of course, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, uh, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. This is a defense that's loaded, and they've proven, especially when they matched up with Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago, that they can shut down one of the NFL's most high-powered offenses. And so they have the personnel, you know, for that dominant defense. And as they say, and you know, Jarrell, more than any, any of us here on this podcast, that defenses travel. And defenses win Super Bowls. And so New Orleans does have that going for them. But offensively, they're, they're, they're too strapped down with it, that inconsistent play at quarterback. Taysom Hill, you know, now they would have had Jameis Winston still healthy. And the way Winston came out playing the season, very efficient, also able to make the throws down the field then I certainly think this Saints team would definitely have more than eight wins and maybe even a, a chance to, to vie for that top spot in the NFC South. But because of the injuries that they've had at the quarterback position, I definitely would agree there. The San Francisco 49ers are a little bit more uh, of a talented, well-rounded squad, even with Garoppolo there. And that's just because Kyle Shanahan implements such a run-heavy offense and they've gotten some good production from Elijah Mitchell, the rookie running back, the sixth-round pick, I might add. Then, of course, you got Brandon Ayuk. You have uh, Devo Samuel, George Kittle. You know, so so you have plenty of, of weapons to dispose at you. And so I, I'm really um, looking forward to seeing how this Niners team responds here in Week 18. They have owned the Rams in recent meetings. So we'll see if they can knock off the Rams and spoil their chances of winning the division. But, uh, Jarrell, let, let's go ahead and also talk a little bit about the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts, right? This is a team that has surged, uh, probably one of the hottest teams in football the last month of the season. Of course, they did lose last Sunday to the Las Vegas Raiders, which was an impressive victory for a Raiders team that has pretty much been playing playoff football for the last couple of weeks. But... I really believe that this Colts team, Jarrell, they have the makeup, they have the bell cow and Jonathan Taylor, they have the defense, the formula to really wreak some havoc if they can, you know, clinch their spot in the playoffs, which I fully expect them to do, which would mean beating the Jaguars on Sunday. But I just feel like this Indianapolis team does not get enough respect in the media. Carson Wentz has been very solid this year. Um, and then, of course, Jonathan Taylor, my gosh. I mean, the guys played themselves into MVP candidacy. So I, I'm saying keep an eye on Indian, Indianapolis in the AFC. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a team that knows how to control the tempo. 
um, and controlled the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Um, shout out to my dog, Kyrie Ellis over there. He's been doing his thing, man. Kyrie, he's been doing his thing all year long, bro. Um, Spartan dog um, out there in the secondary doing his thing, bro. I'm very excited uh, to see what he continues to do as far as his career. But speaking with the uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, um, realistically, you already know it's going to come down to Carson Wentz, whether or not he's going to make the bonehead throws, whether or not he's just going to throw the ball up as a prayer and hope that someone comes down with the catch. Um, I think, you know, if these guys have a chance to run the ball effectively and be ahead um, and they're running it 30, 35 times in a the game, then I think that's going to give them the formula they need to be successful. But if Carson Wentz is having to come out there and be decisive, uh, evade the pass rush in order to, um, to make plays down the field, I'm just not confident, man, especially with big games. I'm just, I'm just not as confident in those guys. Well, I will say, let's talk about another AFC team, which it sounds like to me you're going to be there in Buffalo for the playoff game in the coming weeks. But the Buffalo Bills, Jarrell, because the AFC East has yet to be decided which team is going to take the crown, Bills or Pats. Bills obviously own their own destiny after their most recent victory over the Patriots. All the Bills have to do, beat the 4-12 and Jets at home, get to 11 wins, they clinch, the NFC East, but the Patriots still have some life because if they can beat the Dolphins on the road, who are 8-8, eight and eight, and the Bills, if they would somehow shockingly lose to the Jets, then the Patriots would take the AFC East yet again. But the Buffalo Bills, Jarrell, I think this is a team that is indeed peaking at the right time. They're playing their best football. I know for a while, Josh Allen was looking like a phony out there he wasn't able to really generate any production through the air. His accuracy issues from his rookie season started reoccurring. But something clicked with Brian DeBall in the play calling. And then you're starting to get a little bit more run incorporated with Devin Singletary. And then defensively, they're finally healthy. They have their two linebackers, Milano and Edmonds, who are anchoring that defense. So Buffalo... Much like Indianapolis, very physical football team. It's a tough place to play up there in Buffalo in the in the January window with the you know snow, cold temperatures. What do you see from Buffalo right now, Jarrell? And do you think they are capable of making a playoff run? Yeah, um, we discussed this earlier in the year on the show where I talked about the Buffalo Bills and their uh, keys to success. Um, when you have a transition uh, or a trans, uh, a transcending transcending player like Josh Allen uh, that essentially has changed your franchise and uh, gives you the type of thrill um, and ability to win games such as like a Jim Kelly in the past, it is pivotal that you surround him with the pieces, especially with the running game when things are going haywire. We talked about um, – the fact that they allow him to run the ball as if he is Lamar Jackson, and that's how they are essentially using him for the run game. But over the last couple of games, we're starting to see a change in that, and I would hope that it can be consistent going into the playoffs. Um, you want him in the third, fourth quarter being at his full strength, uh, dropping dimes, um, running if he has to, and essentially going out there and winning the game. Um, I don't think that – I think that a lot of his inconsistencies – we're coming off fatigue um, as the season goes on and I'm running the ball 10 plus times in a game um, and I'm not necessarily that type of quarterback. 
Um, it can wear down on you, man, especially in Buffalo and in that cold weather. So I definitely think that if these guys can have a chance to come out and be effective um, in their run game, in their play-action pass game, getting knocks, getting the other tight ends involved, um, and having opportunities to go those two, three tight end sets and still be effective throwing the ball out of them, um, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, you know, Buffalo, Josh Allen has really started to play some good football down the stretch, and so I think he's got himself into a rhythm in Buffalo much like Cincinnati, who currently is the three seed in the AFC. They clinched the uh, AFC North last week. Man, Joe Burrow is lighting it up, Jarrell. The guy's throwing for 500-plus yards, it seems like, every single Sunday. But, man, the receiving core they have there in Cincy with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, those guys are a problem. And with Joe Burrow slinging it the way he is, and with Joe Mixon, when he is fully healthy and he's you know their bell cow running back taking 20 touches a game the defense revitalized with Trey Hendrickson who is 14 plus sacks this year and Sam Hubbard coming off the other end and Von Bell there at safety Jesse Bates man Jerome Cincinnati bro they turned the corner really fast uber talented squad and I'm sitting here thinking like man Cincinnati they're gonna be a tough out for whoever they match up against in the AFC playoffs because Joe Burrow has proven once again why he was the number one overall pick and just continuing to, I guess, make it more obvious as to why he lit it up at LSU so easily. Bro, he is. I mean, you would think that this is like Carson Carson Palmer in the first round. Like, I mean, they're like the same guy, the way he's lighting it up, dude the calm resolve that he has out there on the football field, the playmakers in Higgins, uh, the playmakers in Jamar Chase. Realistically, I think every time that someone plays the Cincinnati Bengals, they just leave all their tackling technique at the house just because I see all the yards after catch. Um, It's amazing to see these guys go out there and light it up. But week in and week out, we are seeing big runs to the house from the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm just a, I'm just amazed at the tackling in the open field uh, by opposing defenses. And so, um, you know, kudos to the Cincinnati Bengals for continuously uh, running it up on the offensive end. I definitely think that they have an opportunity to make some noise in the AFC North. Uh, but really, man, you know it's going to come down to the nitty-gritty, man, and how these guys are going to control the tempo. Can you keep a guy like Patrick Mahomes off the football field consistently? Um, and will you be able to compete with a guy like Josh Allen um, score for score? Because obviously it gets different in the playoffs, man. Um, when you're when you're preparing for a guy that you've seen already in the regular season, um, it can get sticky once those those tendencies go out the window. Yeah, and right now, currently as the playoff picture sits, the Bengals would host the six-seed Indianapolis Colts, and that would be quite an enticing matchup to take in. But, uh, you know, Jarrell, playoff football, man, it's finally here. This is the last week of the NFL uh, regular season. And so you being a player in the league, you know more than anybody here on the podcast what it's like, you know, for teams who already have their playoff spot solidified. I'm speaking really about the Cowboys, right, who already have that (laughs) division locked up. They already have the four seed locked up. The chances of them getting up to the three or two seed, 
pretty much are unlikely because they would need the Rams and the Bucks to lose, and the Bucks ain't losing to Carolina. So they're playing Saturday night. They're already going to be without several starters. Trevon Diggs, J. Ron Curse, Anthony Brown, Micah Parsons, Tyron Smith, obviously coming off a loss from Arizona, Jarrell. Do you think it's important, because Mike McCarthy has said all week that he intends to play the starters who are available. He's going to play the game to win. Do you think it's important to have that mindset with the last regular season, or do you more favor the concept of resting the starters and making sure that they're going to be fully healthy for the playoffs? Um, realistically for me, man, everything about the playoffs, everything about its approach is all mental. Um, you can get in a situation where you rest guys and a team will go out there and get their head kicked in. Um, and so now you've got two losses coming off back-to-back weeks and you're trying to find the momentum mentally to go out there and get a win. So I personally think, in my opinion, um, everybody that is available to play should go out there and play. Um, when you're talking about a competitor, uh, you like how Aaron Rodgers says, hey, I'm going out there to play. Um, he's going and facing the Lions that have nothing to win, have nothing, uh, nothing really to play for, and he's competing at a high level. So I just think personally, man, the Dallas Cowboys have so many weapons around the football field. Um, essentially, it would be a disrespect uh, to rest, especially when you're not guaranteed uh, the number one seed. You want to have that type of momentum going into the playoffs. You want to have all your starters uh, going and firing on the right on all the, the, the right places and cylinders. Um, I think the only person I probably would rest essentially could be Tyron Smith just due to the simple fact that he's uh, he's inconsistently in and out the lineup, and they really need a guy like that in order to be successful. Yeah, so we'll see how things play out, Jarrell, but as we get ready to wrap up this episode of the Pro Football Chase podcast right here on Colin, let's go ahead and give some game picks, man, for especially – a couple of these matchups that have some major playoff seeding implications. And so one of them being that, um, let's go ahead and see, the Saints and Falcons. We know the Saints have to get the win in order to keep their playoff hopes alive, of course, depending on what happens with the 49ers game. Who Do you think the Saints can go into Atlanta and beat the Falcons, who are 7-9, but Atlanta has had a lot of close games this season. They're a scary team. Do you think the Saints get the job done and keep their playoff hopes alive, or do you think Atlanta spoils the party? Absolutely. I think that the Saints are going to go out there. Uh, they're going to get it done. They're going to come into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They're going to be dominant. Um, when you just look at what the defense has been able to accomplish uh, over these last couple games, they realize what it what it takes in order for to get to get this team in the playoffs. And that, as like Cam Jordan said, it's levels to this, man. And uh, these guys have been playing at the highest. And so when you're talking about a defense that can go in there and get it done, especially against a guy, uh, when it comes to games that are ultimately deciding their future has folded, uh, Matt Ryan is definitely not the choice uh, to put out there. So I'm going to roll with the New Orleans Saints. I'm actually going to roll in dominating fashion. I'm going to go 27 to 13. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Falcons. I think they play spoilers on Sunday. I think they get by their division rival, Matt Ryan, which, you know, his future is uncertain, Jarrell. This could be his last home game with the Atlanta Falcons, considering that the Falcons appear to be headed for a rebuild. So Matt Ryan, I think he's really going to cherish this game at uh, Mercedes-Benz Super uh, Stadium, and he's going to put on a clinic. He's going to make 
The Saints play from behind with a lackluster offense. I think Atlanta comes out with the win. All right, now this, uh, how about this one? 49ers-Rams. This is a big game, obviously. Rams win. They clinch the NFC West. They secure that first home playoff game. If the Niners win, they guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs. And and setting up for Arizona to get that NFC West title with a win and would put three NFC West teams in the playoffs. So do you think the 49ers can continue their success against the Rams and get a win on the road? Are you rolling with Sean McVay's squad? Man, um, to be honest with you, I'm going to roll with Sean McVay. I'm going to roll with Stafford. Um, I think he's really over uh, overdue for a, a big-time win in his career, especially getting these guys over the hump. Um, he hasn't seen success like this in, in forever. And so I think at the end of the day, Matt Stafford, with everything that he has, uh, especially within this first year, um, he has to get these team, this team into the playoffs. So I, I think that Aaron Donald, Von Miller, um, OBJ, uh, the playmakers that these guys have brought in, um, the guys that they've had uh, to change their program, uh, they're going to go out there and they're going to shine. So I think I expect Matt Stafford to have a, a, a really big game. I expect Aaron Donald to have two plus sacks at minimum. And I think the 49ers are going to, sque- I mean, not the 49ers, but I think the Rams are going to squeak by on this one um, in a score of 27 to 24. Yeah, I have the Rams finally beating the Niners. I think they get it done with a score of 27 to 23, but it's going to be a tightly contested ball game. Um, and so I look forward to seeing that one, 325 on Sunday Central Time. Now, the last game we'll predict here, Chargers Raiders. Sunday Night Football, I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast already. Both teams entering play with a 9-7 and record. Primetime football, playoff spot on the line. NBC, this is what we live for in the NFL, Jarrell. Who are you going to roll with? Are you going to go with Vegas or are you going to take Justin Herbert and the Bolts? I'm going to roll with Vegas. We're going, they're going to the black hole, the new black hole. Uh, we can't talk about, we can't say enough about how Derek Carr has handled this type of season uh, with the poise that he's approached this thing with, uh, the, the, the type of understanding that um, he's been losing some players left and right uh, due to legal issues, due to off-the-field things. He's lost a head coach. Um, there are several different things that have been taking place, but – this guy has been at the helm uh, being as consistent as can be. Um, and realistically, for me, if Waller's out there being able to perform for the Raiders, I'm definitely going to take the Raiders against the Chargers in order for these guys to get into the playoffs. I'm going to take uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, Jarrell. I think uh, this is a, a big game for Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley. You know that they want to get into the playoffs. They're an uber-talented team. They got their guys back fully healthy, Austin Eckler, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And, you know, it really is amazing what the Raiders have been able to do this season, considering all the adversity, the tragedy that happened with Ruggs. And they just had Nate Hobbs, one of their impressive rookies, who got arrested for a DUI. I mean, you you name it, the Raiders have dealt with it. The John Gruden situation and Rich Basaccia had to step in as interim, and he's done a great job keeping this team focused. And so, I really, really believe that this Raiders team, it would be quite the story if they can still get into the playoffs despite all of that. But I'm going to go with the Chargers. I like what Justin Herbert has been able to do the last couple of weeks defensively. 
Bosa's turning it up. Derwin James. I look for them to put up some big plays and some game-changing turnovers on Derek Carr. But, man, it's going to be a great game, Jarrell. I mean, I'm already excited for it. That's because we're on Friday. Can't wait till Sunday night primetime. It should be a good one. Absolutely. The Raiders are going to pop the Chargers, dude. I'm telling you, bro. We These guys are going to go out there at home, Max Crosby, in the game, all they have to do is find ways to get pass rush. I think at the end of the day, um, the the most important piece really is if there, if Waller's going to go out there and have an opportunity um, to, to be effective. Um, you know that's uh, Derek Carr's favorite target. We know how when he's on, the Raiders are on. When he's not, the Raiders are not. And so at the end of the day, he is the number one option for these guys uh, going downfield and being able to attack these guys. And so I look for the Raiders to squeak by, man. I'm telling you, I'm, the Raiders are going to squeak by 20 to 17 last second uh, to beat the Chargers um, and make a push for the playoffs. Well, we'll see how that game goes, man. But that does it for this week's edition of the Pro Football Chase podcast right here on the Calling App. I appreciate you, Drell, taking the time on this Friday afternoon to chat some NFL football playoffs around the corner. A lot to be excited about if you're a football fan, Jarrell. But until next week, looking forward to seeing how some of these matchups shake up. We'll get the final playoff schedule and the seeding by Monday. So we'll be ready to rock and roll for Wild Card Weekend next weekend. It's going to be great. And so uh, have a blessed weekend, brother. Take care. Man, thank you again, bro, for having me on the show. I'm always excited to talk about this football stuff, man. Um, as a rookie dog, walking into that locker room and seeing the whole demeanor of a team change when the playoffs comes around, bro, uh, we finally have something on the table to play for. So I'm very excited. Yes, sir. You said it well. God bless, man. Take care. Absolutely, bro. You too.